0: Welcome back to fight over flight podcast. My name is angel today. We have a an amazing guest is a men's mentor and performance coach. He is heading up a 12 week 12 week primal presence program His name is voy please just sit back, enjoy, and just take every gem that you can from this episode. We're going to be talking about manhood, masculinity, um, the struggles that you face when you're, when you're coming to this country from a different one, and uh, so, so much more. So please just sit back, listen, uh, take some time, and let us know what you think.
1: What's going on, everyone? Welcome to, back to the Fight Over Flight podcast, here with a good friend of mine. Boy, he's going to Dive deep into what it's like being a man, and what it's like to uh, really ignite that primal presence of yours. And I know you're gonna enjoy this episode. So, uh, Voy, let them know. Rob,
2: Angel, first and foremost, thank you so much for having me on here. It's truly thank you a for blessing, being here. a pleasure. But for the listeners, my name is Voy. I am the co-founder of We the Rivals, an active lifestyle clothing brand where we design the future of fitness and fashion. In addition to that, I am the co-founder of the Modern Renaissance Man. Where we bridge the gap between lifestyle and well being for the man of purpose. And last but not least, like Rob said, I am the founder of a 12 week transformational program for men called Primal Presence, where I help men live a life of purpose, power, and performance. Love that. Yeah, dude. And that's yes, so the, and his name is V O Y. Boy, that's like, <laughs> yeah. where's that come from? So that's actually, um, it's, my full name is Voitech. Voitech, uh, okay and i was born born and raised in poland in a village super like literally village four houses living off the land and it was called the village of the wolves wow and there was actually wolves in the woods that would be always watching and that's how the name came about and then uh when i transitioned from few traumas that actually happened in poland when we transitioned to the states for some reason, people just going to say the tech part. So yeah, I yeah, think, yeah. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> so boy just, what? Boy what? Yeah. That's great, though. So That's I just stayed with Void, and it's been like that since, so yeah. I've been rocking
0: it. Well, in Spanish, it means to
3: go. To go, yeah. 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 <laughs>
2: there
0: you go. Exactly. <laughs> I had that a few times,
2: man. Awesome. Yeah. So but, you're,
0: you're, a, you're a person in motion, I yeah. can already tell.
2: I love that. Yeah. That's dope, man. Yeah, yeah, for
1: sure. Now, just right before we dive in, how can people find you? Yeah, absolutely. So... I'm most prominent on Instagram,
2: and you could find me at V-O-Y underscore official. So it's V-O-Y underscore official, and there's access to We The Rivals there and the modern renaissance man movement as well. So Very cool. if you jump on the page, shoot me a DM. I'm always open to talk, hear your story. Let's vibe out. Awesome.
1: Now, what, because you are your co-founder of two things, a founder of another thing, I mean, you're in the fitness industry, you just completely- uh, all Like the jack of all trades You're kind of <laughs> everywhere What right now If the listener said I need one thing from him I'm going to take away What's your main project right now? So my main
2: project Is definitely Primal Presence Which is the program designed Specifically for men mm-hmm. So I take men who are Neglecting their health Don't have meaningful relationships Aren't living a fulfilled life And I take them to a place Where they have confidence Where they have passion Where they have relationship and they have energy to excel in every aspect of their life. So from guest speakers to transformational resources to all the tools that I've learned for the last eight years, we apply that in a group setting and we also dive into trauma and healing. A lot of the shit that's been holding men back. Right. So that they could then step into their power. Because there's there's layers that hold us back as men. Of course. And when we don't talk, we just keep building these layers. Hmm. And as I'm sure you guys know, seventy-five percent of all suicides are men. Yeah, absolutely. So the, the need is, the need is real. So yeah. we out here serving the world.
0: It's interesting. I'm wondering what, uh, what was the inspiration for you to get involved in something like that?
2: So that kind of, I would have to, to give you some more context, kind of backtrack to where I first had my kind of awakening. Yeah. Cause it's a big mindset shift to
0: go from, well, wherever it is that you were to a place where you're like, I want to thrive in every possible way. And on top of that, lead other people to do the same. Right. Yeah. So I
2: was I never was in like a leadership role. Mm. Um and from the age from like 17 to I'd say 20, I was heavily into like the party scene. So I would try literally every drug. Um I took my brother's passport. <laughs> took that shit cuz I wasn't 21 and my girl mm. at the time was and I would, mm. I just can't, I want to go to bars, I want to go to clubs. So I was like, you know, fuck it, I'm going to just take his passport. Right. I took that shit and we traveled to Miami gambling. went to mexico i used to go to ac drop like thousands of dollars just going crazy wow going through that life and at the time i thought like you know that's what i do but truthfully i was just escaping from pain Hmm. i was just literally escaping from pain trying to hide from it and i was using that as the escape and it got to a point where one day i walked into a bar and i was sitting with my friends and they passed me up a drink and i was like you know what i don't want this shit anymore and i walked out wow i went home i pulled up my phone and i started deleting every single person that didn't serve me or make me better even if i was friends with them my whole life i said delete 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 it got to a point where my, my phone book only had like my mom my dad and like my brother <laughs> yeah That's surprising, surprising right yeah so yeah. i deleted everybody
0: so what was, what was it that prompted, like, such a visceral kind of decision on your part? Because either you explain it kind of as something divine, maybe, or do you explain it more as, like, uh, I've just a
2: threshold being met, and you're just like, I'm done? I would say it was both. Mm. Yeah, it was both. I definitely felt like I needed to change mm-hmm. because I wasn't fulfilled, and I knew there was more. And I, try, I was always trying to, like, do other things, but I felt like the group around me was trying to, like, push me down mm-hmm. just because they were struggling, right. and they didn't want to see other people succeed without them going the same route so i went into solitude i want to be very clear for the men listening isolation and solitude are two different things very different yes solitude i did it on my own and i wanted to do isolation a lot of men do it to escape
0: i love that that's Mm. such a great distinction to make because we we've talked about that before you know isolation is is one of the the first steps into that that kind of downward spiral mm-hmm. that
2: can lead a lot of men to suicide to do drastic things. Yeah, yeah. exactly, bro. And yeah. I always say
1: isolation is the worst counselor. Yes. Oh, that's great. Yep. Yeah. yeah. It's something we talk about. <laughs> on the podcast we've seen, you know, isolation is death. Because the more you isolate yourself, the more you're hiding and you're running away. And we always use the analogy of the fight or the boxing match where if so if you're getting a flurry of punches thrown in your way, if you're backing away and you're putting yourself in a corner, Mm -hmm. you think you're getting out of the way of the punches, but eventually the punches are going to knock you out. And when you're in isolation, you think, oh, I don't need people. I don't need this. I can't be vulnerable. I can't talk to my friends. You know what? I'm good. I got this. I'm a man, especially men. You Mm -hmm. know what? I need to man up. One day you're going to crumble. And then when you look around, there's no one around because you isolated yourself. And then now you lead to addiction, to suicide. That's beautiful, man. Yeah. You mind if I use that? <laughs> no, nah, take it, dude. Take it. What's good is that the, the reason why, you know, we connected so well, you know, we, we spoke on Instagram mm-hmm. and then we went out for coffee and we immediately connected was because our purpose, both of our, all three of us, actually, the, our purposes are aligning and are integrating because you're here trying to help men struggle with vulnerabilities, with your true strength, with your, with your real primal presence. And we're trying to help people suffering from trauma and from your vulnerability is your strength. And it just all kind of flows right. together like water. And, it's, and when we met, it was like, we were talking for hours yeah, in the coffee bro. shop because yeah, right. we just, we're on a mission, the, the three of us are on a mission to make people better and to say that, hey, it's okay not to be okay, but here are going to be the tools to get better. Because Because there is a thin line. We talk about the resiliency of this all. And let, t- let me know what your take is on this. There's a thin line of resiliency where you could fall off to the left, and that's isolation, addiction, suicide. Or you can go to the right. You can spiral. I like to say spiral up to the right mm. where now you're succeeding, you're prospering, and you're helping others. You know, and it's a very thin line. And I think that everyone's going to be walking that line in multiple facets of your life. And if you don't have the tools, like your coaching program, like mentors, like listening to podcasts, if you don't have these tools, you can easily fall to the left.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. Without a doubt, bro. And I fell to the left myself Mm. because as I was mentioning, through that time, my significant other left me at the time. Wow. In the same week, my dream car got stolen and I was a huge car enthusiast. So that was, bro, that hit me to the heart. And then a week later, My best friend at the time tried to commit suicide. It was one after the other. It just wouldn't stop.
0: And this is before you kind of made that decision to just like change everything or or after that?
2: So that was literally after that. So once I wanted to make the decision, I got hit with that. And I went to a deep, deep, deep spiral. Wow. Huge. And it was literally like I would wake up. The sun was shining and I would felt like it was raining. Hmm. I didn't want to talk to anybody. I was depressed. Yes, of course. Dead on depressed. And, um. It got to a point, man, where I was just like, yo, I can't do this anymore. This isn't me. Mm -hmm. It doesn't feel right. I need to find a way. So once again, I went into solitude, and I literally went on Amazon at at the time, and I bought like 15, 20 books because I didn't know who to talk to. I didn't have mentors. Instagram wasn't popping back then. You couldn't just connect with everybody. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what to do, so I just bought as many books on mindset, entrepreneurship, depression, and just research, reading, reading, reading until it just kind of started to slowly get me out of that rut.
0: Yeah. Well, can you name a couple of them maybe for people that are curious?
2: Mm. Yeah, it's a hard one, man. I read so many <laughs> yeah. books. I probably read like four books a month, bro. That's great. Um, yeah. Damn. Well, what's a, what's a book that's kind of holding you over nowadays? Um, one book that I highly recommend is uh, Dr. Brett Jones, Know Who the Fuck You Are. Nice he was man. actually one of the men who gave us an activation for our last event, and we gave each man a book. Wow That attended and oh, that's um, awesome The book is a raw Unfiltered copy Of him He was getting downloads mm-hmm. And you just He just speaks to You know your soul Your passion And knowing mm. who the fuck you are Like I, I literally read that book In my yeah, backyard yeah. And I had <laughs> tears going down Cause I was like Yo I know who the fuck yeah. I am like, This powerful. is the shit <laughs> Ignite It Ignite. ignites Yeah, and yeah, and yeah. That yeah. book called Fire I was yeah. like Yeah
1: <laughs> Oh, man. All right, so now you're, yeah, yeah, now, you know, so you're doing this, you're helping men, you know, you're pushing forward. I can see you're following your passion, and when you speak, when people speak to you, you just know, like, all right, this is his thing. But I know you've you've talked about you've had different career paths, Mm -hmm. right? And none of them really had to do with what you're doing now, but what were you, so let's talk about, Let's kind of like um, reverse engineer from where you are now and talk about some of the career paths, why you chose it. And then we'll get into the real, you know, the trauma of what really shaped your life. Yeah, absolutely. So I always wanted to help people.
2: That was definitely something that I wanted to do. So I wanted to be a nurse. All right. No disrespect to nurses, but I'm glad I didn't go there. You know <laughs> I got into the program at Willie P mm-hmm. and uh, I was a straight A student, but they said there's a year wait. And i was like "Fuck, man i've been in college for like three years already i gotta wait another year like i just want to be done with this shit. Yeah. like school's not for me i want to just get out and one day this lady walked in drops a presentation and on the presentation it goes make more money than nurses doctors <laughs> and i was like yo i'm in and it was a sales sales oh, okay. position sales degree right and um i got into sales and at the time man like all these traumas and everything that was just affecting me from my childhood i was super anxious I couldn't raise my hand in class. I wasn't really one to speak out, always nervous. And um, that sales position was like the universe talking. Like, now it's ready. you're ready to step the fuck up. So through that course where they forced me to do presentations and go out, meet people, you know, learn body language, how to communicate, I grew out of that. It was like a boot camp, pretty much. Like a boot camp, yeah, exactly. A social boot camp. Exactly. Yeah, I love it. And um, they put me through that boot camp. And finally, when I graduated boot camp, I got my first <laughs> job and that was cybersecurity. So I worked cybersecurity and I was providing internet security, computer security, just securing networks for large companies like Amazon, UPS, Benjamin Moore, the whole nine. I even got a chance to work with the government. Mm. I got connected with like the CISO of the White House. Like we were doing some crazy shit. Wow. And um I was super into that. I was always <laughs> a nerd. So mm-hmm. that was my shit. Yeah. And um being able to go on the dark web and see how like you know hackers steal and understanding then like us ordering like paraphernalia just to see how they do it so we can understand how to block and prevent it wow super dope and i moved up quick i was crushing it and they gave me a managerial position within like four months mind Mm -hmm. you i'm like early 20s that's crazy i (laughs) got men who are like my dad 30 40 and I'm, i'm out here leading them right and that was like my true first leadership role and i was like yo i like this Fuck this. i I was like i like this and you know and and the vibe was always right the vibe was always high and like everybody loved me man and i just started elevating but i got to a point where the company was pushing me too hard Mm. and i got burnt out
0: wow interesting
2: and at that time i was building rivals with my co-founder and it got to a point where i was like yo if there's one more straw something happens i'm out of here and it hit that point and i just quit and i went into rivals and i was like fuck it i'm gonna risk it all it's either do or die hmm. and um
1: i'm here since so so you left your career which is i'm imagining paying you very well oh yeah and in your early 20s and you say, okay you know what this stress level is too high this is too much and you, you figure i guess you're not passionate about this anymore because mm-hmm. of now the stress and you drop it, and now you go all into Rivals. Now explain what Rivals is to us. Yeah,
0: I'd love to hear some of like the foundational principles yeah. of like what, what it is that you're really standing for when it comes to Rivals. Especially because and of the, men. The modern renaissance. All of men, it,
1: because of men now, Like we know people who hate their career. Yeah. And they're <laughs> yeah. in their early 20s, they're in their early 30s, they're in their early 40s, and it's like, just quit. But no, I can't quit because I have this, I have that, I have... So, I mean, I see it all the time. So... Take us through that. You quitting and you say, you know what? I'm going to go dive all in on, on Rivals.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So I quit. I dove right into Rivals and fitness was a huge passion of mine. Like that was my first passion. Oh, cool. I was, about, I was doing bodybuilding for like three years. Um, and that was just something that I've always been passionate about because for me, movement was medicine. Mm. And that's the thing I tell most men when they ask me for advice. Like what's the first thing I could do hmm. to pretty much help me get me out of my rut? Move.
1: It's the easiest thing yeah. you could do
2: because automatically you guys know. I mean, this mm-hmm. guy's jacked. You probably work out too. When you go to the gym and you pump, release dopamine to feel good chemicals and you automatically change your state within 30 minutes. Right. There's nothing really out there unless you take some kind of drug that's going to do it so fast, right? That's so, such
0: great advice, I think, you know, because, I mean, I do uh, I do struggle a lot with being able to get active and, like, you know, go to the gym and do that. It's just like a big I don't know, that's that's the thorn in my side, you know? <laughs> but uh, uh, I, I think it's really interesting when people say that that's the first thing that they do to get themselves out of a rut because mm-hmm. it, it's so foundational to the core of your biology that if you can do this, if you can accomplish, you know, one rep, that's a that's a mini victory that right. you have and you just start stacking those victories and that transfers over into your regular life. So I, I, I love that that's the first piece of advice that you're giving people. I think that's really great.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And you see a lot of men go through this. Like you break, you know, your girl breaks up with you and you're like yo fuck it i'm gonna hit the gym i'm gonna hit the gym <laughs> gonna, you know what i'm saying like yeah, yeah. i'm gonna look good and shit like yeah. forget about her i'm gonna go do my thing and like yeah. yo that shit helps it's revenge <laughs> lifting <man>. Yeah. <laughs> that's crazy be yeah. putting up crazy weight Yeah. Like, revenge <laughs> lifting hell yeah but um you know lifting was my thing and um i started a, a clothing business back then it was called g mm. fit generation nice. fit i always wanted to be an entrepreneur so i was like this is my shot i love fitness i love fashion mm. Let me mix the two. I love it. And I wanted to create clothing that you could wear to the gym, look fly, be comfortable, have durability, flexibility, and literally throw on a fresh piece again. Throw on some jeans and look fly when you're mm-hmm. chilling with your friends. Right. It wasn't just like a Nike shirt where you look super athletic and then you go to the mall or something. It's like, all right, this guy's an athlete. Right. Like you could tell when somebody wears like fitness clothes. Right. We wanted to bridge that gap. Interesting I love hmm. that So I did Gfit and a lot of things didn't work out Copyright issues and whatnot. So I was like you know I gotta throw in the towel Again depressed hmm. I was like this was my passion I put like five grand I lost five grand in the first month I was like what the fuck man Like shit I gotta figure out a way So I took a Welcome year off to entrepreneurship. <laughs> <Yeah. by> <laughs> <way>. <laughs> I took a year off And then boom a drop in They're like hmm. you gotta do this again Wow So We The Rivals popped in. I met one of my childhood friends. I pitched the idea to him. He's like, I'm all about it. And we went full in. Wow. And it, you know, changed different styles throughout, different visions. But now we're focusing strictly on men. And we're trying to bring in more of, like, the conscious community. So we're trying to introduce tools like meditation and have men that represent the brand from a place where they fuck with that type of shit. Mm -hmm. Where they meditate, where they do healing. Where they're leaders, but yet they're badasses. So, one of the guys we sponsored for quite some time, he was a pro MMA fighter and he would literally knock you the fuck out with some elbows and <laughs> then go home and meditate. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, we wanted that kind of range yeah. within that. And it's kind
0: of the uh, that old uh, quote better to be a warrior in a garden than yeah. a than He a always drops that quote war. too. Yeah. So, that's why you say that. Yeah. <laughs> I love that quote. And
2: um, yeah, man, it's been three years since we've sponsored many athletes we've been in many partnerships and it has been flowing since awesome um but to introduce modern renaissance man like you guys mentioned you know i've been doing the work healing myself for like six years i didn't know it was a thing i was just doing it to help me with my anxiety Mm because when i went to the doctor and i did the test they're like you got to take meds and i'm like i don't want to take that right i'm gonna be a zombie that's not for me yeah so i just searched for ways on how to heal but I didn't really know that that was a thing. And when I was at that cybersecurity position, this one guy that I used to—I could never click with. I was like, yo, what the fuck is up with this guy? I'm cool with everybody, but not him. <laughs> like, he just don't want to talk to me. And when I said my jokes, he wouldn't laugh. And I was like, damn. And one day he walked into the kitchen and I was there. And I looked at him and I was like, you know what? I'm going to say something. And I just, I just said, what's up? And he said, what's up? And we just started vibing out. And sooner or later, we became... Really close friends. And then one day he comes up to me and he's like, Yo, I want to start a book club. I'm like, A book club? He's like, Yeah, a book club. I was like, Bro, I read all the time. I'm about it. Wow. He's like, I want to invite, you know, some of the men here and let's just read and talk. Hmm. And I was like, Probably 90% of the men that are going to hear this is going to be like, What the fuck? You guys are weird. You know what, <laughs> yeah, what I'm saying? You're yeah. trying to be Oprah. <laughs> yeah, like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. But he invited me to his house. I showed up and I was the only guy. Mm. So we sat there, we talked, and I'm like, Yo, this is. This is dope. This is powerful. Like I'm leveling up. Like we're doing shit to level up. Yeah. I'm not out there drinking and partying. Like we grinding right now. Mm-hmm. Then he did it again, and he invited mad people. I was the only one who showed up. Wow. And I'm like, bro, don't stop this. Let's just keep doing it. He did it again, and two men showed up. And this time, we had like a, a four men group circle. And I'm like, yo, this shit is a powerful shit, man. Like I went home. And you know when you get that, like, a big win, you're just vibing. You're like, yo, let's go, Yeah, you feel on top of the world. I feel on top of the world. And I'm like, yo, we need to keep doing this shit. So I was connected with this gym, and they, I was like, yo, can you guys give us this space for a night? We're just going to invite some men, and we're going to have a meditation and just talk. Forget the books. Twelve of my friends showed up and a couple men, and all we did was just talk about the deep shit. I'm like, yo, we're going to close the door. No women, just us men, and let's just talk about real shit. So we went around the circle, and everybody just dropped what they're dealing with, and then we did a meditation. Wow.
0: Well, that, yeah, there's a certain amount of safety that comes with that mm-hmm. that I think is so beneficial. I don't think enough men understand the value of it. Mm-hmm. You know, just being able to genuinely connect and, and genuinely pour out whatever it is you're authentically going through, that's, that's really important. I love that you're doing that. Yeah, Very man, cool. I appreciate that. Bro. Yeah. It means a lot yeah and uh, so'm um, sorry not to cut you off no, but what, some of those topics that you guys were discussing what, what can you hint at them? Can you talk about them at all? um just in the area of what
2: you guys were talking about? um let me try to think it was quite some time ago. I believe it was just one question to kind of start mm-hmm. the route, and it was just like you know share a win that you currently have and then share something that you're currently struggling with all right cool and then you know one man went and they just gave you some vague answer, like right. you know I'm stronger than financially, and the next guy went right. And then when it went to, like, this one man who was actually, I'm not going to mention his name, but he uh, was a designer. He still is a designer, and he worked with um, Wu-Tang. He worked with Biggie and a lot of people. Wow. And he had a lot of respect, but he opened up, and he just started pouring out, like, speaking about relationship and speaking about this and just going and going, and everybody was like, oh, shit. Wow. If he's doing that, I could do that, too. Yeah. And the next guy went, and they went deep. Yeah. And the next guy went, and they went deep, and then we just all started vibing out it's that snowball effect. it's that snowball yeah. effect you know about that yep. and um after it finished you know i'm standing there and i looked at my my co-founder jose and i'm just like holy shit we did that and mm-hmm. that guy walked up to me who's a lot older than me and he goes yo this was the most powerful meeting i've been to in the last 20 years mm-hmm. he's like don't stop wow and i just had tears in my eyes bro i was like of
0: course yeah <laughs> what the, yeah dude. It's, like a real, it's a realization of of the purpose that you that you
2: finally conquering exactly you know? yeah and i'm sure. sure you guys know that when you first got on the podcast yeah man and you had that first guest and you guys started vibing and talking and you're like yo it feels different yeah. like we, feel, we've talked about yeah. that like
0: explicitly it there's something different about a, a project when you're in purpose than when you're just trying to go after money or you're just trying to do something cool. The feeling is so different. You feel so aligned with everything, with the universe, with God, and it's just inexplicable. Yeah, without a doubt.
1: And that's, when you're speaking, It's I've been to like men's connect groups, so a church connect group Mm -hmm. with uh, Hillsong Church, where there's like 25 of us, and you kind of go over just normal things, and then one person drops like real shit, shit. and then everyone else is like, Oh, I'm going through that too. Oh, I'm going man, what I'm going through worse and then like and then but then at the end you guys all elevated each other. Right. And when we first did this, you know, we had the vision for this and it was like all right, what you don't really know what you're going to do. Like when you're going to sit down with these guys in the gym, you don't really know what it's going to be about. And as soon as we released the first podcast episode, and we're getting 10, 20, 30 direct messages wow, I can't believe you guys opened up about this. Wow, this hits me. This is helping me. This is inspiring me. And then that snowball of every time we drop an episode, more and more people are reaching out. And so it's reaching hundreds of people privately messaging us, texting us, giving us their stories, opening up, wanting, and being, wanting to be part of this fight or flight community. And it's like, I've done I've done things in my life. I want to do social media marketing. I wanted to make money, side businesses, consulting, this, that. At work, when I, was, when I played college ball, I was like... Um, a baseball coach and all these other like these little things, nothing has ever felt so good as riding this wave of fight over flight because of the deep rooted purpose in it right. and it's like you're struggling, I'm struggling I'm, I'll cry with you, my man, like let's do it you know what I mean like <laughs> I'm about and, it. and that's so that's so and I, and I think that what you' you're, what you're kind of when you're what you're alluding to is when you, I could just imagine I wasn't in that room, but I could imagine you guys are talking about things that men don't think are alpha traits like Mm -hmm. i'm not supposed to feel vulnerable i'm not supposed to to be to have anxiety i'm not supposed to be depressed or feel stressed or this and that because i'm the man of the house but really the more and more barriers and walls you put up the weaker you are right the more you can say you know you know what i am struggling with this you know i do need help i need you you know you can reach your hand out and ask for that help the more powerful you are and I just wish I was sitting in that in that group. And now just being able to meet you, knowing that the more and more events you have, you know, we want to join it. We want to get involved because, like you, just, like it's the rising tide raises all boats, right? And that's the people that we want to be around. So I'm just glad that the listeners are, even, are getting a chance to to hear you, and they haven't even heard your trauma yet. Yeah, like they haven't. You know what I mean? They just they just know what you're about. So. Um. Yeah, I, th- I think
0: community <laughs> is a big part of the, the things that we may not see matter as much as they actually do. So um, and I know for for me, at least developing a community around yourself of people that are very passionate and very uh, willing to grow. Uh, it is probably one of the biggest tools that you could have in life. And um, I think that's been forgotten maybe a little bit in our generation. We're all about, you know, me, the individual, you know, what you can do for yourself. But when you link yourself to, like, a tight-knit group, there's a magic there that you can't find anywhere else. I agree. So,
2: I, I, yeah. I, and I, I totally you know. agree. And I think because of social media, a lot of people kind of shifted to that lone wolf mentality. Yeah. And they're like, I don't need help. I'm going to do it by myself. Right. But they don't know that, like, you know, By yourself, you could do so little, but together we could do so much. Absolutely. And if you think about the wolves, even although there is a lot of lone wolves, and they split, they always come back to the pack. Mm -hmm. And together through the pack, that's how they roll.
1: And wolves actually have, and I want I want to get into because because I kind of know your story, and it's just so exciting to see the type of person that you are now from what you come from. And I want you to dive into that, and then I want you to dive into the primal presence, but. Talking about wolves, yeah. People think the lone wolf, but wolves have a very, very tight organization mm-hmm. in how they, even how they walk. Um, this is true about wolves. Where I'm big into like hunters and samurais and this kind of old school ancient warriors. Are we gonna get along? Yeah, there? that's that. I'm very very <laughs> into it. Should have written my samurai. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Should have yes. yeah, yeah. Um, and the three the the wolves they put the, the they put the. Oldest wolves in the front of the pack when they're walking, Mm. when they're getting ready for a hunt or they're taking a long travel, they put the oldest in the front. Then they put the strongest three right behind them because they protect the elders. And we always go at the pace of the elders. We don't want to leave any of them behind. Then you have like a, a pack of them. So the majority, then you have the basically the still like the three in the front, the strongest, you have them in the rear of the pack and then you have the leader all the way in the back. And he leads from the back, like in a sense where he's watching them and he's watching their, their six. And it's not that that sense of they're going to go to war and I'm going to stand back here. It's no, I need to make sure that Nobody no one falls behind. behind. Right. No one. And I can and I can watch their back for predators and I can watch this and I can watch that. And if I have to run to the front, I can. And if I have to, you know, kind of like do this maneuver. But they have this it's it was found that that this is how they operate. And that's just such a crazy Mentality, knowing that a wolf is a could be a vicious animal, right? And you think of when you think of vicious or violent, you think maybe by, by themselves, but they they really care about their fellow wolves, you know, whether they're brothers, sisters, or whatever. Yeah, but <laughs> they they care about their fellow wolf, and that's something that is to be thought of. Like, wow, look at this this kind of you know um, strong animal. And it's like, no, we're gonna protect our own. We're not gonna like let the weak. Like, oh, if you're weak, you can't be with us. No, it's not true. We put, we're going to put the elders the, or the, the wounded in the front. It's yeah. pretty
0: interesting. Yeah, it's a great reflection on, on how we should operate as a yeah. community. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so I want to get into, like, the real depths of, you know, where this trauma that you that you overcame came from. Can you set us up with all that and, you know, kind of explain? A bit yeah, your story?
2: so absolutely. So the tra- it's, cra- it's going to sound crazy, but the trauma came before I was even born. Hmm. So my family grew up in Poland. And it was my mom my dad my brother and my sister okay fortunately my sister got killed in a car accident and after her death that's when i came on board but that death shook up my whole family of course and my my father he was raised a worker first mm. a father second and if there was feelings then there was time for feelings mm. but it was just a grind back then there was no time for feelings you had to put food on the table so there's no space to even talk about what happened. Right.
0: Which isn't uncommon in, in, you know, in those times. Right. And right. you could
2: only imagine how the pain he was feeling losing a daughter. He didn't have a men's circle to talk to, so right. he kept that shit in. And, you know, one day he walked into some place and some guy told him, he was like, hey, you're dealing with pain. Why don't you get a drink? And that led him down a path where he started drinking. Right. And he became an alcoholic. And, you know, my mom, of course, was she was depressed because she lost a daughter. And something in my brother shifted as well. So I came into that. And although I didn't physically be in that moment, the anxiety and traumas that my family was dealing with kept kind of pouring onto me. Right. So there was so much going on in that space that we had to leave the country to come wow. here so we could escape that. And that's, wow. that's the decision my mom took. My dad was just going down. The family was just dealing with so much shit, so we had to leave. So we left. Mm-hmm. Literally, it was... All of you or four, <clears throat> four of you, right? Yeah, three. Three of you. Well, four, four, yeah, four, yeah. Yeah. But imagine, like, it was literally, I remember this vividly, man. I was sleeping, mm-hmm. and we woke up, and my dad came back from America. He left for a month, and he says, pack your shit. We're leaving tonight. Wow. And I had no clue, no friends. Like, at that time, like, I didn't even have a TV, man. I grew up in a village. Like, we're going to America? Holy shit. Really? so we came here and i was just like whoa man i'm in a different world and you can imagine man the i was culture shock Jeez! I and you was, came
1: straight to new jersey yeah straight to okay. jersey even worse <laughs> <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> you can't even go to like a peaceful arizona <laughs> Word, and you can imagine man like you know being in school and coming in with a name like void tech like mm-hmm. an outsider i was always getting pushed away and that was just building up traumas consecutively man. yeah and rejection feeling, sticks
0: with you especially when you're young exactly those initial rejections they're crippling
2: and it was just rejection after rejection after the anxiety of my parents and you know even when we came here my dad started falling back into those habits and he was projecting that trauma onto us and even i remember as a kid one time you know i came back from playing soccer and you know my brother didn't live with us anymore and my mom's there standing outside crying and she's coming to me for help because my dad's going through shit. And I'm like, what do I do? I'm 10 years old. Yeah. I mean, like, you, you were forced <laughs> to grow up in a real extreme circumstance yeah. very rapidly. Right, man. Yeah. And, like, you know, I just felt sorry for her because, like, I couldn't help. Yeah. All I could do is just give my mom a hug. Like, I don't know, you want to go play soccer with me? Right, like, right. <laughs> What do I do? Yeah. So everything was just kind of pouring on me. And that kind of developed me into a very anxious kid. Hmm. And I, I almost felt like it was like a ticking time bomb. Right.
0: <clears throat> yeah, and, some people can delineate right from that, right into anger and mm-hmm. just grow very angry. Right. But you, you, there was probably a lot of resistance just from your character. And so you're just anxious on edge. Right. Yeah. And
2: it, it didn't spin to anger, it spins to anxiety. Just like you, you said it perfectly. I went deep down the anxious route. But what I did pick up was the same thing that my father had. And he mm-hmm. couldn't communicate. Wow. And I noticed every woman that I've dated, we would get into an argument and I would just go blank. Blank. I just couldn't speak mm. and then that went downhill the next one downhill the next one downhill and it was just year after year of just being anxious and failed relationships and then i got to the point where i was like let me just kind of start getting into the party scene mm. i can make friends here i'm escaping i'm having fun and then that led into a whole different realm and that was just building up building up and then as i mentioned like once that girl left me i think i was 19. It just all fucking exploded wow and i just went deep in deep damn what
0: one of the things i find interesting is is that when you decided to take on voluntary responsibility as opposed to responsibility that was forced on you Mm -hmm. it was it was kind of your awakening you know it was like i'm choosing that i want to take this path and then that became rewarding and that became victorious for you and you started to feel better about yourself I think I think that's something to take take note of if if people are listening that taking voluntary responsibility is one of the most crucial and beneficial things you could do for yourself, let yeah. alone the people around you. I mean, imagine if you weren't the man you were today, how your family would feel. You know, it's just it's such a relief and it, and it's a blessing to have somebody that cares about themselves enough
3: mm-hmm.
0: that it'll trickle down to the people around them. Right. Yeah. And so was that, was
1: that your the that voluntary point was that in the bar that day when you said was that like your The breaking point.
2: That was the breaking point. I went home, and then I was kind of, like, wanting to dive deeper. And I'm like, you know, I'm going to change my life. Hmm. And then, like, you know, my girl broke up with me, and I went deep into my depression. And then once I was deep in, that kind of thought came back in again. It's like, you got to get out of this, man. This isn't you. And, like, mind you, I'm a straightest. Like, I was getting 3.9s in school. I was just crushing it, doing, like, everything I could. But I was just deep in. Wow. And then my friend tried to commit suicide, and I had to, like, literally take him to my house and lock him in my room for a whole week. Because really? it was like, if he leaves, he's not going to make it. Wow. And we would just sit there in my room, both of us depressed as fuck, <laughs> <laughs> just eating pizza. Yeah. And the worst thing about it, my room was in the basement, too, so it was, like, low and dark, and it was just just a rough time, man. Mm, right. Just pizza every single day. We killed the pie every <laughs> single day for a week, bro. Oh. I, and that's why I probably still love pizza because, yeah, like, yeah, that yeah. shit got me out, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Shout out to pizza. Yeah. <laughs> Domino
1: sponsored us. And, yeah, for real. <laughs> Drop it down. <laughs> so now you, you're in that state. So for the listeners, because there are people right now that are hopeless mm-hmm. and that are in the basement and they're eating pizza and they're struggling. And they say, well, what's next? How, how, what's your greatest advice to get from the basement to where you are now? Absolutely, absolutely. So at that time,
2: social media and the internet wasn't really that hot like it is now. So I did my best to pretty much gain as much knowledge so I could get myself out, which was reading. Now, in this moment in time, there's so many tools, but what I would highly recommend is to reach out to any individuals that would hold space for you so you could talk, whether it's a therapist, if we're speaking about men, whether it's a men's group, they're out there. If you can't find a men's group, make one yourself. And I guarantee you men will show up. I love that. But for those who are really like just, they don't want to do the men's group. They don't want to talk. Yo, hit the gym. Yeah. Hit the gym.
0: What I what I find is a mm-hmm. fascinating question is why they should even bother getting out of the basement. You know, because I feel like somebody that's in that situation, I've, I've dealt with depression. Um, there's always the initial like, I don't want to do anything. Why should I? Mm-hmm.
2: You know, how would, how would you answer that if somebody came to you and asked you that? Why should you? Because we all have a purpose, man. Every single one of us here has a gift that needs to be shared with the world. Hmm. Every single one of us. There's a power within us. Just because you haven't found it in that moment doesn't mean the light is there. Hmm. That doesn't mean that the light's not there.
0: Wow, I love that. And
2: I was trying to, I was looking for the light my whole time, seeking for the light (laughs) when the light was within me. Right, right. And finally when it clicked, the light turned on and I was just like, let me start spreading this shit. Yeah, I
0: think when when somebody's in depression, there's a sense of like uh, desperation mm. and and like you're not in control. I think it's important to remind people that your your future is malleable. Like you can make of it what you want to make of it. Right. And uh, I think I think you you're a great example of that. I yeah, appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. No. Of course. Um, so so where you go through that process, where do, where do you get to the point where you're like, I'm going to I'm going to start sharing what I've learned with other people. I know you told us about the group that you started. Um, what, was, what was that switch in mentality that I told you, I got to share this with people, man?
2: So can I just drop one more gem? Please. That, I, yeah, that yeah. I think would be beneficial. Feel free to cut us off. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> please. So like, you know, I said the men's group and find support to talk to. Yeah, It yeah. may be difficult, like you said, especially being in a depressed state. The gym, that's a tough one too, especially getting your ass to the gym. Like, right. it's hard, but if you can do it. But one thing that also helped me that just came back was journaling. Wow. You know, the power of putting your thoughts on paper was truly transformational because it it began to show me what I'm actually thinking. It began to show me what I'm thinking, you know, about and what are the patterns that are occurring page by page. And going back into those thoughts, you get to kind of see and understand and release that process, so that was kind of sort of a release for me, and that's why a lot of musicians do it because, like, if you see rappers, they get mad, and sometimes it's like I gotta write about this, and they just release, yeah, and they go at it, and then they drop a banger, at, like Jay Cole drops some mm-hmm. crazy shit. You know <laughs> yeah, what I'm saying, yeah, yeah. So I, I,
0: like, I'd like to say that that's the initial push to be an artist, right? Right, it's right just exactly, getting that release of of creating, mm-hmm. yeah. and
2: that's just a form of release, and it's simple. I mean, you could get pen and paper anywhere, so like, mm-hmm. just let it rock, and I guarantee it, it will start to shed some light.
1: Love it, and I could I could attest to the journaling. And one bit of advice I want to give people because everyone will buy a journal and they'll buy a pen and they'll go, "I don't even know how to start." Mm, great Just point. write. Like there's no right or wrong. There's no good way, bad way. It's write everything that's going on, and then you'll be able to navigate right. through the journal on how you're going to set up your daily routines. Like you know what I'm going to write my goals for the day, and I'm going to write. Um the goals for the week and how to reverse engineer that and then what I'm feeling. And then for me, I would put two check boxes in the corner and it would be a win and a loss. And at mm-hmm. the end of the day, right before I go to sleep, I say, I know if physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, I won or loss the day. But it didn't start with those check boxes on wins and losses. It started with just writing, just writing, just right. writing, navigating, then saying, Okay, now let me build a system. So I know that, okay. In a year, I want this, but how do I get there? Well, I have to add up more wins in my daily routines than losses. And that just doesn't come from the first day. You got to just, just do it. So buy a journal, get a free pen at TD Bank. They have the pens there by the and ATM. A hey, and a lollipop. And a lollipop. Throw that lollipop in and just start writing. You know what I mean? That's a
2: great, that's a great business idea for a journal, man, with the check boxes. Yeah, man. I mean, I don't know if I should be saying I, that because well, somebody might take it. Well, I, I, <laughs> I, it's, a, it's a future, it's a future yeah. drop. That yeah. was like a... But for... Um, For some of the listeners, too, just to add to that point, which is amazing, and I think I'm actually going to start doing that Mm -hmm. myself, but if you don't know what to write about, like Rob said, just start with three things you're grateful for, Mm. and I challenge you every day to write something different. So if you say, I'm grateful for my dog, my mom, and that roof, you can't say that again. Mm. Right? I love that. And every day, you're going to start putting more and more and more, and it's going to make you think, and you're going to realize how much shit you're actually grateful for. And it's going to start to shift a little bit. Yeah. It'll start to change you. Mm, right. I love yeah. that. And then you could add a little intention for the day, like a mantra, hmm. you know, start with that. I usually put, I decide. Um, and then just write about anything. Like, the, I remember my first journal entry still hmm. was about pistachios. Really? <laughs> yeah. And I didn't know what to write about. My boy was like, yo, just write about anything. I was like, all right. These pistachios are banging. <laughs> <laughs> the I'm third one, <laughs> <pistachios>. <laughs> the third shell couldn't crack, so <laughs> I threw that shit. Like, that's what I was writing about, but that was the start. I'm wow. yep. saying one step at a time. Yeah. And and
0: just it just goes to show. Too. It proves your point, you know? Just start. It doesn't matter yeah. what the thought is. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Don't overanalyze. And we talk about it here. It's very like, don't over, how, how do I start? How do I do this? If I'm going to go to the gym, I got to have the perfect workout program. Right. Mm-hmm. You don't. Like. I was, we mentioned this in an episode before. You don't need to run a marathon. You just need to walk around the block. Yeah. And then when yeah. you're done walking around the block, walk two blocks and then three blocks and get incrementally better every day. You don't need to meditate for 15 hours. You don't need to, which is a great way to transition to this, go to Bali to, <laughs> to, 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 to find yourself, right? You don't need to at first, you need to just meditate. And you need to figure that out. And then you can make these trips to where you're diving deeper into your spirit and diving deeper into your purpose. But you don't need to do that right away. You can incrementally get there, you know? Right. So you went to Bali. Yeah, let's talk about <laughs> that. It was a great way to transition.
2: Yeah, man. So um, Bali was kind of on the top of my mind. And one of my friends went. Well, he was telling me he was going. And I'm like, mm. you know, this is my opportunity. Maybe I could meet him out there. And so I did. I said one day let me just buy a ticket and i bought a one-way ticket i was like i'm gonna come back when i feel i'm ready damn so i just went out to bali massive culture shock because you can imagine island life people being barefoot no shirts super poor in some sections but what i realized was that everybody was happy because they had something to eat whether it was a little or a lot but they had family they had community they had the sun and they had themselves and that started to just shift my mentality. Like, yo, I'm grateful. And I, I, I stayed in an Airbnb where we had really nothing in, in the place. Just pretty much a roof, a shower that was outside, and mad fruit. Wow. And I was chilling. Yeah. Loving it, bro. And wow. um, I was connecting with a lot of individuals there too because I went in there to kind of dive deeper and get more clarity and connect with people that do healing. Mm-hmm. So that I could heal some of the, the traumas that I'm still facing because even though I did a lot of work, so you guys know the work never stops. Mm-hmm, like right. it's till the day we die, we gotta continue doing the work. So we met this one guy that does a technique called shamanic breath work. And shamanic breath work is about a fifty minute session where you just do intensive breathing. Now you need somebody to guide you through this because your body's gonna naturally wanna give out. Mm-hmm. So he was pushing me through it. But to give you some context, he asked me, where do I usually feel pain in my body? I said, my lower back. And I didn't do deadlifts for like six weeks. So (laughs) something was down there. And I give him that and I tell him, I was like, yo, there's some pain, but, you know, I've been doing so much work. Like, I don't even know where the pain comes from. Like, I don't really have an event in my mind that I could tackle, but I feel something stuck. He's like, bat, let's get to work. So he lays me down. And my friend is there as well, Jose, the co-founder, and he's sitting up. We're doing the breath work, and he's like, where, does it, where do you feel the pain? And my and I had my eyes closed, and I'm starting almost like visualize shit. I'm deep in. And he's like, where do you feel the pain? I was like, my lower back, my lower back. So he kind of does some Tai Chi, and he, he's like massaging my back, and I feel it moving. And he's like, where is it? And I'm like, bro, it's in my chest. And he's tapping my chest. Tapping my chest. And he's like, where do you feel it? And I was like, in my throat and they had a hit and i'm like man i i spent like 20 years of my life not being able to speak up hmm. i can't speak right now I'm sh- I'm, i just can't do it and he's like speak up speak up and he's like pushing me to do it speak up and i literally the first thing that came out of me was just a big fuck i was like, like fuck and i yelled and just tears like i was wailing bro i, I never cried that hard in my 28 years of life ever was just crying and crying and crying and i saw my mom and i noticed that i've been carrying that pain like i told you that anxiety my whole life and i didn't know how to escape from that and i saw her there and i forgave her because i was like hallucinating and i was like i forgive you released and i'm crying i see my dad i forgive you release i see my brother i forgive you release and finally after i released all this pain i just felt mad love come in And my sister showed up in the vision, clear as day, three years old. She walks up to me and I'm over here crying. I'm like, yo, I've been dying to meet you my whole life. I've always felt like that part of me was missing. You know, we're, this is a family and I never got to experience you. Like I want to be a part of this. Mm -hmm. And she grabbed my hand and she goes, you dummy. I've been with you the whole time. (laughs) And we sat down and we just had a conversation now for those listening you probably might think the people that aren't very spiritual into the divine you might think i'm crazy that's fine Mm -hmm. but i'm going to drop some evidence right now to tell you that this shit is real because when i was crying and going through my shit i felt and i saw my co-founder jose walk up to me and put his hand on my shoulder and go yo it's okay bro release i got you and when he said that i just started crying even more and i saw that visually After we finished the breathwork session, we go outside and Jose goes, yo, bro, I never seen you cry that hard. So what did I do? I sent the message and I put my hand on your shoulder and I was like, fuck, wow, bro, I saw that clear as day. And that right there, that connection, I was like, yo, I mean, I've always believed in in the whole spirituality, (sighs) (laughs) but when I felt that and I saw it, I was like. Nobody's telling me different. Yeah, of course. And don't get me wrong, I've done like ayahuasca, which was a mind-blowing experience. <laughs> I've done combo, yeah. which is another crazy experience. But like
0: I'm Peruvian, so I've heard of ayahuasca <laughs> yeah. once or twice. Yeah.
2: So you know that was just.
0: I find it very yeah. powerful that you said yeah. that forgiveness was almost the key that unlocked all of that, mm-hmm. because um, we live in a, a, a culture, I guess it's cultural, um, where forgiveness is kind of frowned upon. You know when somebody wrongs you, even unintentionally, mm-hmm. it's almost looked at as weak to be like, no, no, no I forgive you. Right. It's looked at as like a cop out, like you're trying to escape or be less than. Um, but it's really one of the most powerful tools spiritually that you that you possess, without a doubt. And um, I, I think it, I think that whole journey that you had is absolutely uh, important for people to hear. You know because it shows the importance of like just simply saying, I forgive the people that that may have hurt me unintentionally change the trajectory of your life you know so thank you for sharing that that's yeah. awesome oh, yeah, yeah man I, I
1: mean that's the yeah. second time i heard it and i'm still kind of yeah, like yeah. like
2: yeah it was, it was a crazy try, experience. trying to yeah. unravel it and like you said man i think one of the hardest things was forgiving myself right i forgave my parents my mom my dad but just forgiving myself was the dip, most difficult part when i got to do that as like the cherry on top mm-hmm. literally i just felt massive amounts of gratitude love just pouring in hmm. and that's when my sister showed up and she was just showing me love and i'm like yo i'm good hmm. i'm good whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. happens i'm good
1: and th- yeah. this happened so right now we're in uh january 2020 this was in 2019 right yeah
2: so this happened i would say november okay and, november and how long were you in were you in bali uh six weeks so this is yeah. probably like towards the end of the trip so probably four weeks in Wow. It's crazy,
1: man. And, so it was- and what I really respect, you know, about you in is that you said it right before you got into the to the Bali trip, but you said, you know, um, I'm still trying to wrap my head around this now. Getting it's it's always a progression. Like it's never like, oh, I'm trauma free now. Like for instance, that breakthrough you just had doesn't mean you're trauma free. Right. Doesn't mean you're not gonna struggle again. But what you're doing is you are getting yourself into a better position, into an elevated position every single day. It's like you are working it out every day. Because for the listeners, before Bali, you've done meditation. You were heavy into meditation, right? Mm-hmm. You you were heavy into 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 your body, into fitness, into meditating, into your mind, body, spirit, your style. You you were very, very cultivated in this now. But you said, I need to elevate. I'm not going to just stay here, even though I know I'm good. Because I know you I think you told me you, you could meditate for up to like an hour. Mm-hmm. Every day. Every day. Every day. You know, people can't do that for five minutes. <laughs> and still, you said, I'm not going to stay here. What else is there for me to grow? And you went to Bali, never knowing you were going to experience the experience of a lifetime. Mm. And now, you being free from that, I, I, only, I only could imagine you saying, there's still more. Because there are levels of spirituality that just gets deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. And you will never, ever, ever get to the point where you say, I'm good. Like, I I, I can't get any more deep. And you're going to explore. And the deeper you get, the more joy you're going to feel and the more purpose you're going to feel. And I would imagine that's how now you're starting this men's coaching group. Because you're saying, okay, I've suffered from trauma. I've been able to incrementally get better. I've been free. I've I've been locked away in a basement. I know what being free is. Now I'm gonna reach my hand back and start pulling up people so they could feel the same. And I, I mean, I would imagine that's how this this came, you know, this coaching came came about because I'm inspired to just be in your presence with that. You know what I mean? Just to see that you just want to get better, and then you want to reach back and bring more people up. And you know, it's 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 an inspiration, man. It really is. It's it's incredible. Can you tell us a little bit about your um? Uh,
0: the coaching that you do, yeah. and what kind of what the the whole, uh, I guess the whole message of it is.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And first and foremost, bro, thank you for that. Like, <laughs> I, that shit hit the heart. Yeah, I felt Rob that. knows how to give a compliment. <coughs> <You> know, let <laughs> me tell you, he does, bro. He got me. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I felt Heartfelt. that. Man. Thank you, bro. Um So I did the, I co-founded the Modern Renaissance Men and Mm -hmm. like we were already in the men's work and we were going out doing, you know, ayahuasca trips and going into the desert and, you know, poising ourselves with like this frog to release pain and all this crazy shit to continue doing the work so that we could heal ourselves. Let me rephrase that. We heal ourselves so so that we could become medicine for others. Mm. And that was the whole kind of theme behind it. And men kept reaching out to me asking for help, asking for advice. It was just constantly, every single day in the DM, like, how can I do this? How can I do that? And I will just keep doing it and doing it and doing it. And, like, a lot of these men would take this advice and it would come back to me and be like, yo, I did that. And I feel so much better. And I was like, fuck, man. Like, that was me. (laughs) Let's go. Yeah. yeah." Let me drop a video about some tips. Yeah, yeah. Without doubt. And, And that's how it started. And it was kind of like almost a year where I was, like, you know, already slowly coaching people. And then I got into personal training and I started that, but I took a different route in personal training. I didn't just focus on body. I focused on the mind first. Hmm. I was like, if I could control their mind and change a shift in their mind, the body will come. Right. Cause I mean, you think about going to the gym and mm-hmm. then you go. Right. Right. So even women, I was giving them that opportunity and they just started transitioning. Like some of these women started quitting their jobs and they're like, well, <laughs> fuck it. I'm gonna follow my passion. Mm. And I'm like, Fuck, she came here to, right. to lose some weight, and now she's an entrepreneur. Yeah. I was like, yo, let's fucking yeah, go. Yeah, like, yeah. Let's get it. And, um, um, you know, one, one thing led to the next, and I was like, you know what, man? I've been doing this for so many years. I got a lot of knowledge, a lot of wisdom, and I still don't know shit, but let me share what I know because there's a lot of people that are stuck. Right. And, uh, you know, I came about with this idea through through one of my mentors, and he was like, yo, coach, there's people out there There's men out there that need it. So I was like, you know what? Bet. Let me do it. I love it. Let me break it down into four pillars, just like MRM. And it's mind, body, soul, and style. Love it. Now, style, of course, when you think of style, you think about fashion and whatnot. Yes, but it's more about self expression. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of men are afraid to self express and they hold that part back. Absolutely. You know, there's some guys that want to wear some rib jeans, but they're like, oh, I don't know what my boy's going to think about me. Or, like, <laughs> you know, mm. remember back in the day, like, you wear a pink shirt and, like, yeah, you gay. You gay, bro. Yep. Like, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, Kanye West, I'm sure when he first put the polo <laughs> on, gonna yeah. say he that. probably got clowned, especially, <laughs> being, a ra- <laughs> especially being a rapper. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But he did it. Yeah. And he, he got to express, and that's how he leveled up. So, through the program, we focused first on the mind and we developed what I call the baseline because I feel like the mind is, of course, pretty much the tool that runs it all so we develop habits every single day that help you create that baseline so that when you wake up you're grateful you're energized you're clear and you're ready to fuck shit up love it Mm. then we focus on the body nutrition as you know whatever you put into your body truthfully comes out in a different energy and how you feel so if you eat mcdonald's every day you might feel like shit (laughs) you know if you eat veggies and fruits you're gonna feel different so we implement that. And, you know, I do, I've been doing nutrition and fitness and I got trained by football players and all this other shit. We implement that. So That becomes the vessel. Then we dive into what drives you as a man. You guys have it. What's that? Purpose. Passion. I love it. That's the first thing that a man needs to have or he's going to wander in this world aimlessly. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with that more. For the feminine, it's finding love. Don't get me wrong, they have their passions, they're gonna kill it. But for them it's more love. For men, it's the mission.
0: It sounds like a, a book. <laughs> <laughs> you wrote it down. There's uh, there's many books yeah, on that. There's a book I read. I think we talked about it. One's called The Way of the Superior Man. Oh uh, mm. yeah. I'm
2: reading I'm reading that. I don't know if I read it. I read a, a yeah. lot of books, but yeah, I've read that before. And um I think they speak about that in that too, and it's true, man. Yeah. If you follow your mission first the woman's love will be there Mm -hmm. but if you're a man who's kind of wandering and and lost and aimless like they could feel that yeah and in a world i actually dropped this on the post today but in a world where everything changed now back in the day the man was the you know the, the guy who brought the the money home and the woman stayed home and she took care of the kids but now The women are the ones that are bringing the money home, and the man staying home and taking care of the kids, right? (laughs) Right. So that shifted. It changed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what's a man's value now in this world? Mm. I saw your post about this, and I loved it. Yeah. Yeah, it was great. It was a great post. You know, the value is the presence. Mm. How you could sit and look and gaze into another human being, right in the eyes, and deep, breathe deeply, and just be present without thinking about other shit. Mm. That's value especially for partners and relationships Right. that's what they want
0: i love that uh, i'm wondering what uh what do you think the balance is between being present and being able to be emotionally available for somebody and also being on your purpose and kind of not compromising either is there is there a way to to kind of do
2: that i mean yeah absolutely yeah yeah without a doubt i mean you need somebody to hold you down mm-hmm. you know if you get too far lost in the present in the passion and the mission you might just burn yourself out, right? Because mm-hmm. you know, like your partner is gonna bring you back to reality. And although by yourself you could get far, when you have a woman beside you, she's gonna help you get even fucking further. Yep, absolutely. You know what I'm saying, I agree. They know how to challenge you. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I learned from a guy I met in Australia when I went, and it was crazy that he just dropped such a bomb on us. But my friend was he's struggling in a relationship, and he's like, "Yo, my woman." She's always pushing my buttons man she's always trying to challenge me and he goes stop that is a woman's job and he goes what do you mean he goes the challenge is the love interesting Mm. she's fucking challenging you because you just came off your king right she's a queen right now and she wants you to step back up to your king so she's going to challenge your ass because you're falling off to get back up to a king because right. she don't want to be with no other man but a king. Absolutely. Right. So she's going to keep challenging you. And that shit never stops.
0: That's such a great way to man. frame it. You know, because <laughs> we, we <laughs> yeah, it's I love that. <laughs> yeah. It's such it's it's a refreshing way. I've only heard a few people talk about that. And I think it's it's revolutionary. It really is because it, it takes away responsibility. The ability to be like it's their fault, you mm-hmm. know, it, it kind of levels you up to say like, it, if she's challenging me, then there's something that I must not be doing to the fullest of my potential, right? And she sees that, and she wants me to meet my my potential. So it, it's a very different approach than like, oh, she's nagging,
1: right? right. <laughs> exactly. She's, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: She's being a mirror, right? Exactly.
1: Right. And when you when you talk about, and that's I want to get a little deeper, you talk about primal presence. Mm-hmm. And that's what you're talking about because you're talking about a sense and correct me if I'm wrong, but I look at it like with law enforcement where we are, I consider us as the modern day warrior where we have to show up. We have to run towards the fight, towards the gunfight, towards the, the, whatever is going on, whenever people are running away, we have to run towards it. But I also have to be able to go home to my girlfriend, my wife, my children and give them love, and give them compassion, and be there for them, and be their rock, and if, if I need to cry, they need to cry, We're, we can do that, and I know that I'm still this alpha male, this, this primal male, but I'm intensified because I can be vulnerable, and I can love, and I can show my kids the right way to grow up, and I can be compassionate, and not a bully, and not always this forceful person. So when I think of primal presence in what you're doing, I think of that. I think of if I'm in an alleyway walking down the street with my wife, don't try to rob me. You will lose. Like, don't try to kill me because you will die. But I also could be home and watch Netflix and be with the kids and laugh and love and have my dog jump on me and be fully present in my love. Right. And having the combination of the two is what I think that that bridge is that, that you built. With this primal presence, that's how I see it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this guy crushed it. Man. I love his reaction. <laughs> to I was like, "Shit, man!" You are just gonna
0: have a, have a separate for you. <laughs>
2: <laughs> this guy crushed it, bro. How, you, you said it perfectly, brother. And for even people like yourself being in law enforcement, when mm-hmm. it gave me such an idea to bring this into conversation. But when you're in a situation like you have to be in your fucking primal presence because you have to be focused on. Where the subject is, you mm. can't be thinking about other shit because your life's on the line. Right, You got to be in the moment. Look out for your brothers. I mean, I don't know how it really works, mm. but you got to be in that yep. moment. Yep. Just you and the mission, and that's it. I love that. And that spins from presence. And a lot of us men right now don't have that because of the traumas they go through, <laughs> because of the bullshit they don't want to talk about, and that builds a lot of layers. And one way I, I love to explain it is, Men like to be heart-led leaders, but life hits us, so we build a layer, then we build a layer, then we build a layer. And we build a layer, and we build a layer, and then we get closed off, and we don't speak from the heart, and then people can't feel you. Right. So why is the men's work so important? So we could peel back these fucking layers, so now your heart could shine, and that presence could be felt. I love that. <sighs> That's put so well. It's so well.
1: <laughs> if the mic was in his hand he could just <laughs> no i love that man i love what you're doing i mean you I, I follow your story on instagram and people if you don't follow him you need to follow him yeah. right now boy underscore official you right? need to yeah, follow boy. him right now and follow what you're doing because i get inspired by you man and it just pushes me to want to be better and i thank you for that Without a doubt, man. Yeah, you're going to yeah. make me cry. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's, it's because this is something that, that, that drives us. And I just know that, you know, this is about, about what you're about as men, but you're also helping women. Because even though mm-hmm. it's about men, because that's your niche – you're helping women because you're helping women understand their children, understand their husband, understand the person that they're supposed to marry, right. not the guy that's beating the shit right. out of them, right. not the not their domestic violence victim. You're teaching women that this is the guy that you should be with, this primal presence guy. Right, and even
0: if there is a guy that is in that place where they are violent, they're becoming if they're becoming better men, then they're becoming better partners right. for for the women. So you're still helping women even in that way. A thousand
1: percent. Yeah. So I, I love what you're doing, man. Um, you know, I, I don't even want this podcast to, to, to end, you <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? But, you know, we, we, as we try to wrap it up, we want you to be able to, if we didn't ask a question or if there's something else you want to give to the listener, you know, the floor is yours to kind of, you know, just give what you want so we, we don't disservice you.
2: Yeah. So there's two things I want to say, first and foremost, for any men that are interested in the program program. It is a very selective group and we pick only 10 men to be a part of each wave so if you're interested hit me up i will guide you through it if it's something for you we'll work it out but the second thing is that i'm really curious about is you gentlemen have been through your own traumas and i'm just curious when you were probably in a very very deep state what were some of the tools you used to get out of that because you guys have that knowledge this is your court Mm -hmm. right now and i want to hear that so that i could spread that to the men as well so Mm. whoever wants to go first please Um, for me for me
0: i was um i was in a very dark place i was i was very atheistic like hardcore militant atheist kind of so that played into my psychology a lot and what helped me kind of come to terms with just learning to better myself consistently was people that genuinely cared and were around constantly and and family yes but more so people that want to be want to be there just voluntarily you know that kind of took an interest in me um if it wasn't for people like that like like pastor chris or um just like good friends like one of my friends i've Um Those people were the life of me because when I was in the darkest places, they would physically come to my house and pick me up and take me wherever they were going. And uh, those things matter more to me than than anything else. I can never repay them for that. Um, That and uh, just being consistently curious about knowledge, you know, wanting to learn and wanting to expand. I think when when that uh, shift happened in my brain and I wanted to start learning for my own benefit, everything changed. So those are my, those are my mm. big things. Yep. Yeah.
1: How about you? Wow. Yeah. I love, And I know his story and I still like to hear, you know what I mean? <laughs> it just kind of always gives you that that refresher. Yeah. For me, it was being at the lowest point of my life after losing everything to a rare disease, being depressed for six months, gaining 30, 40 something pounds and being able to, my mother giving me a Tony Robbins book and said, okay, you know, life sucks right now, but you have to still live. And she gave me a quote that says, the um if you if you had to take your problems and throw them into a tree and everyone else had to take their problems and throw them into a tree, but you had to pull one problem back, you would take back your own. And I started to look at life like that. So I would say the number one thing was a perspective shift mm-hmm. because no matter because now was no longer all right, what I'm going through, why me, why me, why me as an eighteen year old kid with a rare disease, why me, why me, why me? it was, okay, now I get to enjoy the moments with my grandfather because he has to watch me because I can't drive. So he has to drive me everywhere. Now I get to be with my grandfather. I get to be with my mom. I get to experience different things in life. So my perspective completely shift when I did get better. So that was the trauma at the moment. When I got better, I started to, in, I didn't lose that. The trauma stood as my anchor where it was Okay, I want to complain in traffic? No, I'm going to be happy in traffic because I couldn't drive for 2 years. Yeah. So like yeah. traffic was now exciting because I'm still now I'm behind the wheel. So still it's with that perspective shift, but then it was perspective shift plus the gratitude of being grateful for now, enjoying the moments of that. So I would say those were critical on basically mindset, but like Angel said, my family my parents, my grandfather, my close friends, being there for me, helping me out. walk me through the whole thing. If it wasn't for the community around me and it wasn't for my perspective shift, I would have never got out of it. What kept me out, because then I ended up going back into trauma with depression and anxiety years later, what kept me out and now keeps me out is God. So I would say now... In hindsight, over the last 10 years since I had my disease, was healthy for six years, then fell into anxiety, fear, and depression, and I got out of it. I would say my top three, it's going to be God is number one. Two is going to be your perspective shift on how you view life. And three is going to be the people that are closest to you. All toxic people need to get out of your life. You need to be around people that love you. You need to be around people you love and that want to make you better and you make them better. And I will add a fourth one. And the fourth one is when you can get those three, reach back and pull someone else up. Love that. Like those are my four that can get, that get me out of trauma and keep me from getting back into these bad state, state of minds, you know? I love that. So
2: (laughs) as, as I could see, there's a common ground here and it's community is huge. So for you, obviously it was support and the will to go out and learn more knowledge, seeking, and then, as you mentioned, God perspective, gratitude, support, and then mm-hmm. bringing everybody else up. So absolutely. Yeah, man bangers so i'm kind of like we all we all have in this right now is a little community going down yeah, like, I, truthfully I'm, I'm healing from listening to you guys yep, amen like you guys providing me a space to share my story is healing me like i just can't wait to go home yeah, and dude. just go hug everybody yeah. like, i'm about to go out there and yeah, like yeah, i see yeah, the security yeah. guard I'm like, Yo, bro just bring it in <laughs> like awesome about it and come yeah. back anytime man we'd <laughs> yeah. love to have you definitely yeah. definitely
1: and the, the the fight over flight community is going to see more of you yes and you know your community is going to see more of us. Absolutely, without because, a doubt, man. Because now we one
2: Synchronicities I see, and I had so many ideas <laughs> yeah. dropping in. I'm so sure like, your marketing brain is. Yeah, launching. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: oh man, awesome! But again, follow his story. Please reach out to him, and I know you're available. If people just have a question, even Absolutely. if they're not going into your program, they just have a question for you. DM him. I know he's available for you, and he's gonna and he's gonna help you out as much mm-hmm. as you need. Void, uh, thank you for being here. Yes. We truly appreciate it, man. And um, it's it's a blessing to have you. You know, so like, subscribe, share, reach out to my brother right here. We love you guys. Fight over flight. God bless.